Hello you filthy animals and welcome to another episode of the Old Metal Bar Steward brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. I am your host, the Old Metal Bar Steward himself, Neil Gray. And before we get into this week's show, it's time for the usual disclaimer. The opinions and thoughts of the Old Metal Bar Steward are mine and mine alone and in no way reflect the opinions and thoughts of 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. But if you listen to the show, you fucking know that anyway. Anyhow, it's a short intro this week as I don't appear to have offended anyone over the past seven days, which means I should try a lot harder. So let's get into it, shall we? Out with the old and with the news. Some Randy Rhodes to start with. An Aussie Osborne has been talking about his late friend's introduction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Speaking to the Premier Radio Network, the Prince of Darkness said, I'm so happy that Randy's genius, which we all saw from the beginning, is finally being recognised and that he's getting his due. I only wish he was here in person to get this award and that we could all celebrate together. It's really great that Randy's family, friends and fans get to see him honoured this way. This is, as you'd imagine, a touching tribute from the Blizzard of Oz and it's one that I can fully get behind. I give the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a lot of stick basically for not knowing rock and roll if it came up to them and kicked them in the bollocks. And I still stand by that. They're a terrible organisation. But if anyone deserves a slot in there, then it's Randy Rhodes. Now I'm going to share a little secret with you. For the longest time, your old metal bar steward didn't get what all the fuss was about in regards to Randy Rhodes and his playing ability. Sure, I thought he was pretty decent, but I couldn't figure out why everyone acted as if he was the second coming. Then I stumbled across a live version of Mr. Crowley on YouTube and realised within the first few seconds what a colossal moron I'd been. Now, unlike Ozzy and everyone else in the world, I didn't appreciate his genius from the beginning, but I sure as shit do now. And if anyone deserves a spot in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then it's Randy Rhodes. In other Randy Rhodes news, Back in November of 2019, some of his gear and memorabilia were stolen from the Musonia School of Music in North Hollywood, California. Ozzy himself offered a $25,000 reward from information leading to the capture of the scumbags who did this, and realising what a huge mistake they made, those responsible ditched a ton of gear into a dumpster. Everything except for a guitar and amplifier head. What could have been lost to the ages has, thankfully, being returned a year and a half later. Randy's sister Kathy took the Instagram to post a picture of the returned item saying, yes, it's official and you heard it correct, it's back. It's been a crazy Randy week for sure, but this is beyond awesome as well. I am so thankful for this. She went on to say that she wouldn't and couldn't answer any questions in regards to how the gear was found returned due to it being part of an ongoing police investigation but she's obviously over the moon to have her brother's possessions back in the family fold. This is a nice story. Nobody should ever rob anybody else. But the fact that everything is now back where it belongs puts a smile on my face. And if the police are looking for a suitable punishment for those involved, may I suggest that they're dropped into the middle of a very large mosh pit? Trust me, they won't be so eager to break into anywhere after an hour being the focal point of a bunch of very irate metalheads with an axe to grind. 
Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you may be surprised to hear me open up with a couple of feel-good stories, but it's something I've decided to try out. Kind of a spoonful of sugar deal is up next. It's time for everyone's favourite embodiment of evil. That's right, folks. It's time for Nutty Nugent Watch. It wouldn't be an episode of Toons if old Ted hadn't been spouting his hateful bile and rhetoric over the past seven days. And you know Nutty Nugent... He wouldn't want to let his quote-unquote fans down. Straight out of the box this week, old Ted's been praising Fox News anchor Tuckle Carlson. Tuckle? Tucker. Tuckle Tucker. Who cares? He's a fucking moron. For those of you who don't know, Carlson is a stand-up kind of guy. And by stand-up kind of guy, I mean a horrible racist who last month claimed that immigration would dilute the political power of Americans. Yeah, this is his way of pushing the white replacement theory, a racist doctrine that's already seen rednecks and assholes over the world have another excuse to murder people just because of the colour of their skin. Like I said, a stand-up kind of guy, and obviously someone old Ted just loves to death. Speaking of his new idol and best friend, Ted said, I hope everybody, if you don't watch Tucker Carlson live, you just got to record it and go back. He may be the last source of evidence-saturated commentary. Not just commentary and then move on to a commentary, commentary and then move on. It's like he got caught in a loop there, folks. No, he shows footage. Yes, Ted, he shows footage on a new show. That's what new shows do. He shows a doctor saying the words that he claims they said. They don't have to make up words like the media does about me, because obviously nobody's ever heard the expression racist motherfucker before Ted Nugent was born. They just put quotations around words that never came out of my mouth, like I'm a racist motherfucker, I'm Ted Nugent. But Tucker goes and finds the source. He shows us scientific paperwork. You've got to see the insanity that is exposed on Tucker's show. He had a review of the New York Times science writer for many, many years that was identified with evidence that is inescapable that Dr. Fauci, 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 sorry dude, this Fauci monster, this lying, scamming, criminal Chinese communist, Dr. Fauci, seriously, listeners, you remove Chinese communists from this quote and Ted is talking about his fucking self. Watch Tucker Carlson tonight and look at the evidence that Fauci is responsible for the Wuhan virus running rampant. And it was designed to go from people to people in the most unstoppable. Is this motherfucker playing Resident Evil? Is that what he is? Did he see somebody fucking streaming Resident Evil, saw the T-virus and thought it was fucking news? Sorry. No, I'm not. Fuck Ted Nugent. And again, it wasn't just Tucker commenting, and Ted Nugent is not just commenting. He's got them on film admitting it, and the scientists reviewing it and admitting it to the evidence, and I'm fucking insane motherfucker. Well, no, they don't, Ted. What they have is a bunch of idiots on the payroll of Fox who are just looking to further their own agenda that taking malaria pills won't kill you. If you can't see that these people are without a shadow of a doubt, just shills for the companies that produce this poison, then you're a bigger fucking idiot than I gave you credit for. Which is quite an achievement. As I consider you the biggest fucking idiot on the planet. Having praised a right-wing bigot to the hill, Ted then turned his attention to transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard, 
who has been granted the opportunity to compete in the Olympics. Deciding that he hadn't spouted enough homophobia this week, Ted said, I heard the story of the world record holder weightlifting champion which was born a man and was allowed to compete against women. See, there's a manifestation of a culture of abandonment the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen, where a man gets to go, I feel like a woman, I feel like a woman, sorry, so I'm going to compete, God forbid if I ever misquote Ted Nugent, I'll try that again. I feel like a woman, so I'm going to compete against women. Then they set world records in athlete, athletic events because they're a man competing against a woman. And some dirtbag would go, yeah, that's perfectly legitimate. That makes perfect sense because women can't live as much as men. So the man who claims he's a woman, he's not a woman, the penis might be an indicator. And he sets world records in athletic competitions where a man's competing against a woman. And some mindless dirtbag goes, well, that's legitimate. That's good. Wow, you have to literally trade in your soul for a sun-baked turd to believe that a man can compete against women and that's okay. What is wrong with these liberal democratic Marxist Satanists? I think the real question here is what's wrong with you, Ted Nugent? Everything you've said here is so offensive, so full of hatred for a situation that you don't understand. I'm surprised your spleen can hold up under the weight. In the space of two separate sentences, two separate statements, you've shown yourself as a racist, homophobic asshole, which we all know that you are, and yet still people flock to you. I don't get it. I mean, outside of the fact that flies always flock to a pile of shit, I'm honestly struggling to believe that there are still, in this day and age, so many narrow-minded individuals left on this fucking planet. But I guess I'm wrong. But still, there is some good news as Ted won't be touring this year. The right-wing poster boy confirmed it on Facebook saying, I thought it was made clear, but somebody is scamming somebody because guess what? The Ted Nugent tour is cancelled again this year. I will not go on tour this year because half of the facilities won't have a concert and the other half have restricted attendance. There was no Ted Nugent great, great White Buffalo 2021 tour. Because obviously, Ted Nugent would name it after something he could hunt and fucking kill. Personally, thank the flying fuck for that. I cannot imagine that there is any venue in the world that would be able to contain such a pure strain of evil and hatred as would gather under the guise of watching Ted Nugent with like a few shitty guitar notes. The only sad thing is that as soon as we get COVID fully under control, then there won't be anything to stop him or his inbred followers from gathering in a town near you. So enjoy this while you can, folks. Evil will be back on the road as soon as it's allowed. Something a bit more uplifting now, and it seems that Ozzy Osbourne talked Max Cavalera out of quitting music for good after he left Sepultura. According to Max, he was at a pretty low point in his life. He just split from his band, he was trying to deal with the death of his stepson Dana, and just didn't want to carry on with music. That's when Ozzy gave him some sage advice. Talking to Metal Hammer, Max said, I remember we had dinner at Ozzy's house, and he was telling me that when he got kicked out of Blast Sabbath, he was very, very discouraged, but it was up to him to get back on his own feet. Coming from Ozzy, that was mind-blowing. Like, I have to do it. 
So I grabbed my guitar and eye for an eye just came out of it. All I've got to say is thank God for Ozzy Osbourne. Soulfly are one of my favourite bands and the music that Max Cavallaro has produced within that unit, as well as his many side projects, has helped me through some seriously tough times. And if it wasn't for the advice of the Oz, there's a very good chance we'd never have gotten any of it. God bless you, Ozzy Osbourne. Charlie Benanti has been discussing how he overcame carpal tunnel syndrome. Talking to Dane Campbell on his excellent Drum for the Song podcast that I urge every one of you to go and check out. The Anthrax drummer said, I was suffering so much from it because I would go out and start playing the show and then by the fifth song, my hand would just go numb. I couldn't feel the stick. I tried so many different things from acupuncture to physical therapy. I even had a can of spray air that when you turn it upside down, it gets really cold. I would do that to try to get the feeling back. I tried so many things, but I knew at the end of the day I was going to have to have surgery. And Pace Symbols referred me to a doctor that one of their other drummers went to, and he was such a great doctor. He talked me through the whole thing, and my recovery was quick. And to this day, it's awesome. Now, having spent a large chunk of my life behind the kit for a myriad of bands, each one playing a different style of music, I know how much of a real problem this actually is. It's, it's a serious fucking problem. I mean, I got lucky and only had mild symptoms. But if you play as hard and fast as he does, then it will only be a matter of time before you find yourself in a very, very bad situation. It's great news then that he's managed to get it cured. And he, as he does later on in this interview, I also urge any one of the backline brothers that are suffering from carpal tunnel to go and find yourself a good doctor who knows what they're talking about and more importantly, what they're doing. You do not need to suffer. There is help out there. Courtney Love has been talking about the upcoming Pam and Tommy miniseries, and it's safe to say she isn't a fan. For those of you who don't know this show, show? Seems a bit of a stretch. Let's just call it what it's going to be, shall we? This hatchet job is going to take a deep look into the pair's relationship, including the infamous sex tape. And Love didn't hold back when asked her opinion on this. She said, I find this fucking outrageous. When Pam and Tommy sex tape was out, myself plus Patty Schmelmer and Maurice Uff Demur, apologies ladies, I'm terrible at names, were making Celebrity Skin. And the lone woman in the many recording studios LA, where all, all the staff engineers, producers, owners were watching the sex tape with Hugh Sheldon Friday. Gaffaws and everything. It was disgusting. I banned anyone discussing it. It destroyed my friend Pamela's life utterly. Last week I was asked to approve using a Rolling Stone cover of mine shot by Mark's Sleager. Sorry, I'm terrible with names. Sue me. But anyway, in this piece of shit, that they had to ask my approval. I said, fuck no, shocked. Gentlemen, don't approve this sort of thing. My heart goes out to Pammy further causing her complex trauma. And shame on Lily James, whoever the fuck she is. Now, it's very rare of me to agree with Courtney Love on anything, but she's spot on here. Who the fuck could find any entertainment in this crap? It's not bad enough that the pair had to live through this the first time around. They're now going to have it all dragged up again, just so a bunch of fucking voyeurs can get their jollies off. 
This must have been one of the most difficult times in both Lee and Anderson's lives. And to have it risen from the grave like a fucking monster. Just so morons can sit in front of their fucking idiot boxes around the world. Cracking one out as they pat themselves on the back with a free hand. That they're much better people than the ones on the screen. Because they would never find themselves in this kind of situation. Just disgust the fucking hell out of me. It's fucking Car Crash TV and it's worse. And have you seen these fucking morons they've got playing them? They look nothing like them. He looks like he should be in a fucking new metal band. And she looks like a fucking porn star. They're shite. The show is going to be shite. The people involved are huge pieces of shite. And anyone who watches it should be booted out of the rock and metal fandom permanently. Someone's personal life is just that. Their personal life. And it's got fuck all to do with anyone else. Fucking scum. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! Everyone's favourite Foo Fighter and all-around rock legend Dave Grohl might have gotten a little fucked up during the 2015 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And when I say a little, I mean baked like a loaf of fucking bread. Talking to Rolling Stone, Grohl said, I just remember being there and going upstairs. The ceremonies can be painfully long. Fortunately, Joan Jett's performance was at the top of the show, which, if you haven't seen, by the way, I highly, highly recommend you go and watch it. Fucking brilliant. We performed, and after a few hours, I went up to the dressing room to drink and wound up smoking a joint with Joan and Miley Cyrus. I came back downstairs, and I rarely smoked weed. I remember looking over, staring at Jerry Lee Lewis, and just being, I don't even have the words to describe it, I was tripping fucking balls. At the end of the show, Ringo got an award. A producer was running around looking for me to sing the finale of with a little help from my friends. He ran up to me and was like, Dave, Dave, you've got to be on stage in the next two minutes. We're doing the big finale. I couldn't imagine being on stage. I walked out there so high <laughs> that I hid behind Stevie Wonder. Excuse me. Okay, this fucking slayed me the first time I read it. And as you can tell, it just slayed me then. The idea that Dave Grohl got so fucked up with Joan Jett that he just sat there staring at Jerry Lee Lewis, a man known for getting incredibly, incredibly fucked up himself before having to hide behind Stevie Wonder at the end of the show because he was so bollocks is one of the funniest images I've ever had in my head. And the irony of him having to sing that he got high with a little help from his friends really isn't lost on me. Dave promised that there will be no repeat performance this year when the Foo Fighters are inducted, but you can put money on everyone who's heard this story getting as close to their TVs as possible, just to make sure he ain't got red eye when they hit the stage. Tour news now, and with COVID slowly but steadily being brought under control, bands are gearing up to get back out on the road, and a few lineups have caught my eye. Alice Cooper is heading back out in September for a couple of months with Ace Freely as a special guest, and that's something I'd love to see. Sadly, for anyone who doesn't live in America and has their borders still closed, we've probably got jack shit chance of it ever hitting our shores, as it's going to be states-based, which is a theme that 
kind of runs throughout these. For example, the Black Crows have announced that they'll be touring between July and September this year. And I urge you, if you haven't seen this band live, then you really should make it your mission to. I am a huge fan of the Black Crows. And whenever they were back over here in the UK many, many moons ago, I would make it my goal to follow them around from venue to venue, as they are one of the best live bands I've ever seen. I'm hoping that they'll make their way over here again at some point, and even though I won't be able to repeat the efforts of my youth, due to family commitments and not being the young metal bar steward anymore, I sure as shit will make sure I'm front row centre for at least one of the shows on their tour. Guns N' Roses and Foo Fighters are headlining this year's Bottle Rock Napa Valley Festival. Wow, I have the supply of the wine. While Stevie Nicks and Run The Jewels are some other choice cuts from that bill. So if you're in that area, you might want to get to that between September the 3rd and the 5th. And if you go see the original Misfits in Sacramento, as I recommended you do last week, then next year, get your ass to Riot Fest as Glenn Danzig and the boys will be playing Walk Among Us in its fall for its 40th anniversary. Sadly, though, for Aerosmith fans, they're going to have to wait a little longer for the band's 50th anniversary concert. They released a statement that said, We wanted to let you know that our 50th anniversary Fenway show is moving to Thursday, September the 8th, 2022. While we know that means you'll have to wait a bit longer, we feel confident that this is the right move in order to ensure we give you all the show you deserve for everyone who has held on to their tickets to see the show. All tickets will be valued for the new dates, check your emails for more details. We can't wait to rock with you. Now, Aerosmith are one of the few classic bands I'd still go and see live. I've stated it before and I'll say it again and I stand by it. This is down to the fact that time catches up with singers a lot quicker than it does with other musicians. But Steven Tyler, even at the age of 73, is still as mesmerising vocally and as a stage presence as he's ever been. Shit, I'm 48 and can hardly stand up without making the noise. So how the fuck he manages to pull off all the crap he does on stage is beyond me. Talking of Alice Cooper, uh, as I was a few moments ago, it seems that Alice is putting this very rare Andy Warhol painting up for auction. In true Alice fashion, he'd forgotten for a very long time he had it, saying, I met Andy Warhol when I lived in New York City. And it was just when it was becoming, just when I was becoming, sorry, the scourge of rock and roll. And of course, that attracted the whole Warhol crap. You go to clubs like Max's Kansas City, and they were all there and we'd hang out. It was a very surreal time. Andy was always taking photographs of everyone or making movies of everyone. He had a whole connected crowd of people around him all the time. And my girlfriend at the time, Cindy Lang, was really connected into that group. One day, a few years ago, I was talking to Dennis Hopper, who said he was selling a couple of Warhols. I said, wait a minute, I think I have a Warhol somewhere. <laughs> because you just would if you're Alice Cooper. So I went digging around and found it, and it was in perfect condition. I mean, it was sort of in a time capsule, which I think Andy would have loved because he loved doing a time capsule as a piece of art in and of itself. So there it was. It lived by itself for many years. We took it out and had a look at it with the intention of displaying it. But then I just figured it was time to move on, time to release it to the world. I figured I'd had it for all this time and had almost forgotten about it. Let someone else enjoy it. God knows how, 
but that picture was perfectly preserved and he's decided to move it on. The gallery that's holding the auction will be donating a percentage of their profits to Alice's Solid Rock Foundation and considering that it's expected to fetch somewhere between 2.5 and 4.5 million dollars, that's gonna be a huge chunk of change. Back to Idiot Watch now, and Stain's mouthpiece and Ted Nugent clone Aaron Lewis has had some interesting things to say about the people running America. During a live stream watched by his mum and her dog, I'm guessing, he said, I feel like my fucking chest is gonna explode when I hear these fucking idiots that call themselves experts about anything. I swear to God, I don't know what's happened to this country, but we are listening to and allowing the dumbest fucking people in this country to dictate what our lives are and aren't. We've allowed a federal government that has given the authority to do 18 things efficiently and properly, and look where we are. 18 things, people. 18. Wow, count to 18. What a fucking genius. Those are the power they are given by the Constitution. 18. Everything else is supposed to happen at the state and local level, so that it's connected to you. How many people actually know the Constitution? Outside of the people that are watching this thread right now, because if you're watching this thread, then you don't hate me for the things that I say. See, here's the problem, and this is it in a nutshell, and it applies to so many of you out there that are listening, that aren't listening. I'm about to turn 49 years old. I was alive for, let's call it 40 years. The motherfucker don't understand math or something. Anyway, I was alive for let's call it 40 years before this incessant assault on our history. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. He was just being racist. That's fine. On our culture, on everything for political purposes. They're attacking our characters so that they can get further in their political life. And we're allowing it to happen. I'm going to paraphrase Einstein right now, which is something I never thought I'd hear coming from the guy behind that fucking horrible fresco bullshit. Einstein said that, and I say paraphrase because I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right. He said that this country and this world, it won't be destroyed by evil men. It'll be destroyed by good men that stand idly by while evil men do what they do. I want you to think about that right then. The reason that this fuckhole has his panties in a bunch is that he took great offense at statues of known racists being removed from cities in America because nothing says finger on the pulse of society than a washed up, washed up new metal singer taking offense at the removal of statues of known racists during a time where every right-minded individual wants to do everything in their power to help wash the stain of bigotry and racism from the face of the planet. Is it an attack on America and a constitution, as Aaron claims, to want everyone to be treated as equal and not to be judged by the colour of their skin? Is it an assault on white history and culture for black men and women to not want to be reminded of the horrors and tortures that their forefathers and mothers had to endure every time they see a statue of some southern general slap bang pride of pace in the city they live? Is it fuck? This white bread entitled asshole feels that we, the people, are idiots for allowing the desecration of these reminders of a bygone era. Where the only use he and his ancestors would have had for black men and women 
would have been to send them to work in a field picking cotton. It's assholes like this that make me fear for the future of mankind. And he, along with all the other mini Ted Nugents of the world, need to be called out and held accountable for their horrendous beliefs. After all, as Einstein actually said, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. I fucking see you, Aaron Lewis, and you fucking disgust me. In news to make my producer Mitch happy, Zach Wilde has been talking to 105.5 WDHA about the new Black Label Society album. He said, we're actually wrapping it up right now. We're going to master it on the 10th of June. And then I think we're talking about putting it out in November. We're doing the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally with Black Label in August. Now I think it's the beginning of October through to the end of November. There'll be a tour of the States. And after that, I guess we'll go home and do Black Label Christmas New Year's Eve run. And we'll end up in the Arizona chapter on New Year's Eve. And then after that, I'm not sure what the dates are after that. We can go up to Canada. If everyone's vaccinated, then you can go up there. But I know Donington over in England, the big festival over there, which is Download, was scheduled to play that in 2022, which is awesome for me. So hopefully everything will be opened up in Europe as well. So Mitch, it's almost in the bag. And it will be out hopefully in November. And with a reported 30 songs recorded, I want someone to get a camera on Mitch the day it's announced that it will be a double album. Just because I think we should capture his scanner head exploding moment, if for no other reason than posterity. It's back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, and professional smug bastard Greg Harris has been talking about the Iron Maiden snuff. He claimed that there is no doubt that Iron Maiden are influential. Well, but we as fans should broaden our horizon and accept that rock and roll isn't about four skinny guys in jeans with electric guitar anymore I mean what a condescending prick look Greggy baby just admit that you have zero interest in putting metal bands into your bullshit made up hall and we'd have a lot more respect for you than we do when you talk down to us like fucking children it's not a crime to not like metal even though I've always thought that anyone who doesn't should be taken out behind the woodshed and put down old yellow style, but to treat us like a bunch of morons who you feel just want to pat on the head and a maybe next year, you're kind of missing a point here. The reason that we're pissed is that Maiden have sold more records than nearly half of the fuckers you've put in your hall combined. It's not just about being influential, it's about reaching the fucking masses, and they've done that and then some for the last 46 fucking years. You know what's even worse? I found myself agreeing with Gene fucking Simmons. Gene Genie took the Twitter to call the lack of inclusion for Iron Maiden a sham. And Paul Stanley has also said it's ridiculous that Iron Maiden aren't in it as well. Here are the driving forces behind a band that you inducted back in 2014 asking what the hell is going on. This is why last week I started the Tombs Rock and Metal Hall of Fame, and though it might not be as quote unquote prestigious as a bullshit one, at least I got to have Maiden, Priest, Motorhead, and Twisted Sister in before you fuckers did. But considering that Greggy Baby would rather cut his own cock off than induct any of his bands, 
I could have started it in 20 years time and it would have still gone in quicker. And finally, a couple of weeks ago, I reported that six strands of Kurt Cobain's hair have gone up for auction. And you'll be glad to know that they've sold for, drum roll please, $14,000 for six strands of hair. I mean, words fell me. Anyway, the silver lining to this whole too much money for your own good is that a portion of the proceeds from the auction will go to benefit Live Nation's Crew Nation, a global relief fund for helping live music crews and their workers who are negatively impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. This is a very worthwhile cause and I support it wholeheartedly. It helps people who'd usually be out on the road making a living get through some very bleak times with no income due to COVID fucking everything up. So when you can, get on over to Crew Nation and either donate some cash or buy some fucking merch. So there it is. Another week, another episode of The Old Metal Bastard. I've been your host, The Old Metal Bastard himself, Neil Gray. And as always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the show brought to you by 25 Years Later Media and the Ruminations Radio Network. And you know the drill by now. When you turn off my dulcet tones, head on over to the main 25 Years Later site, as well as its sister sites, Horror Obsessive and Sports Obsessive, and get your eyeballs some top-notch reading. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network, as they've got you covered no matter what your ear holes are craving. I'll be back here in seven days with more news, reviews and opinions, and if you want to follow me on that there Twitter, you can at WWRuminations. So until I speak to you next, stay safe and stay metal, you filthy animals.